0: A podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love, as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known, back to the day, every little thing's gonna be a okay. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact, I recently had the great honor of sitting in a theater and watching my guest today, Michael Urie, play the title role, Arnold Beckhoff, in Harvey Fierstein's Torch Song Trilogy on Broadway. I cannot express to you what it feels like to watch Michael in this part. I can only say that if you have the opportunity to go see him in it, You will feel like I do, which is that you've had the privilege to watch that alchemy that happens when a part and an actor come together in perfect harmony. He portrays this character with such humanity. He will break your heart over and over again. And just when you think you can't take it anymore, he will make you laugh so hard. It is all miraculous and hard to understand how a human being can do what he does. But he does. And I will say that all of the actors are beautiful in it. But to watch Michael Urie and Mercedes rule in the particular sort of actors dance that they are doing, it really is something to behold. And it is such an honor for me to share my in-depth conversation with Michael Urey, who is such an extraordinary human being, and his story is so unique. And his presence is a gift to all. And here he is, Michael Yuri in conversation on the podcast. A-OK. My guest today is star of Stage and Screen, Michael Urie. A graduate of the Juilliard School of Drama, Michael won the John Hausman Prize for Excellence in Classical Theater, He began working right out of school, but the role that catapulted him to fame and an Emmy nomination was that of Mark St. James on the ABC series Ugly Betty. He then went on to star in the CBS series Partners and has roles on The Good Wife, Modern Family, and Younger, and many more. Theater credits include The Cherry Orchard, The Temperamentals, for which he won the Lucille Lortel Award, among others, Angels in America, and he made his Broadway debut in How to Succeed in Business without really trying. Recently, Michael took the New York theater scene by storm, starring in the one-man show Buyer and Seller, which won him every theater award possible, and he has performed the show on tour and in London. He's the voice of Sebastian in the film Beverly Hills Chihuahua. He hosts Cocktails and Classics for Logo TV. He's not only an actor, but a writer, producer, director, and an activist. Welcome, Michael Yuri to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Hello.
0: Hello. Good
1: afternoon. Good afternoon. What a nice way to... Oh gosh. I, I, I want every conversation to begin with an entire bio of me.
0: I want to ask you a question. There is a rumor, oh. rumor has it, that originally you were cast just for maybe one or two episodes on Ugly Betty and that your chemistry with Ms. Vanessa Williams Mm -hmm. was so fantastic and immediately Mm. there was such a great response Mm -hmm. that you became a series regular. Is that true or false?
1: It is mostly true.
0: Okay. Let's talk about the false part.
1: What's false is that uh, it wasn't just our chemistry. It was her generosity. Oh, And what's also false is that apparently, I just found this out from the creator, that they didn't plan on never using me again. But contractually, when you shoot a pilot, you know, you get a certain amount of money Mm. to shoot a pilot. And so my role in the pilot was a a co-star. Mm. Less than a guest star, a right, co star. So that
0: was minus zero.
1: That was like, yeah. I mean, I, I basically had to like pay them to let me play the part. Like, I was like, they, at the end of it, they were like, and now you owe us $15. And uh, if you
0: uh, wouldn't uh, mind cutting some carrots before you leave, <laughs> that would be fantastic. And, and bring
1: back your costume dry cleaned. So, but it was like, it wasn't a small part. It was right. a great part, but it, it, it wasn't huge. There it, it was, I had, I think I had a close up you know I, like i got it wasn't like it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't like background but it was much easier to get the part than you would that it would have been for me at that time to get a series regular part you know i didn't have to test i didn't have to fly to los angeles and rehearse and t- i just went in three i happened to go in three times i mean you go in three times for
0: groceries <laughs>
1: <laughs> for lots of yeah. getting things oh
0: my god and milk all right yes but that's me <laughs> had you played a part like this before
1: yes i had Kind of. I have pla- In fact, that's kind of how I got the job. I had played this sort of uh, femi-evil duke in a Jacobean tragedy with, like, painted nipples and, and uh, you know, blown-out hair and with the Red Bull Theater in a basement. And so uh, one night after the show, Will Cantler was in the casting lobby. Casting directing. Great casting director for Telsey Casting, nice who I knew a little bit from doing readings at MCC and and auditioning for him for commercials and stuff, mostly. Right. So he stopped me in the lobby, and he was like, you were really good, and I can tell he meant it. And and so then blah, 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 weeks go by, and I'm illegally obtaining the breakdowns.
0: <laughs> illegally uh, obtaining <laughs> breakdowns means what?
1: Means getting the casting notices that only agents get.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which
1: I always recommend to anybody. Totally. I think it's the, you know, because nobody knows – everything you know about yourself. That's right. And you could look at a breakdown and see any number of things. This story proves this point. You could see any number of things that might say, oh, that's a job I could get. As opposed to your agent, who's usually only looking for like one or two things.
0: But this was my problem. I mean, my friend's problem. Did I say me? I had a friend. <laughs> <laughs> two things. First of all, I used to call them the nervous breakdowns because that's what I got every time I would look at these long lists of things. Why? But then, Why would you just get nervous? Because, it's
1: so daunting. It was
0: more like... Well, first of all, I am very conscious of things being legal or illegal. Like, I was worried about oh. sneaking into that second movie as a kid when right. everyone would be like, go to the net. i be like, but we have to pay another. <laughs> they were like, no, you don't. Just walk in. Just walk in. So, first of all, like, this felt like yeah. the KGB was going to come and find uh-huh. out. Right. But secondly, my other problem was how do I let my agents know that I know about this thing? I always yeah. felt like how do I finesse the conversation? Like, this is so crazy. I had a dream last night. That they were doing this TV show, like I would have ah! these elaborate. Like, oh, yeah. have you ever heard of a <laughs> my friends going in for such and such, and we're the same height.
1: Yeah, I know. So I, I always know.
0: felt a little like I mean, it's such a lesson, in, like we're all adults here. Why is this information? Right. There's, it's not, it's not KGB.
1: Also, I'm willing to do ninety percent of the work to get right? me work.
0: I got a highlighter. They only do. They only the get ten
1: percent of the money. That's I don't. Right. I'm not going to expect them to do. I mean, I mean, I, they, I would like for them to. And if they aren't doing 10%, then there's a problem. Right, but like, right. I, I, I feel like, why shouldn't we get the breakdowns?
0: But do you know what I mean Absolutely, when you're starting because
1: out? I would do the same thing. <laughs> so I see this breakdown for this TV show. No
0: way. You saw it uh, illegally. It. I
1: saw it illegally A pilot. And, and, and at this point, I was doing another basement play. By the way, I've never gotten a pilot during a period of time where I was not in a play. Mm. Ever.
0: So that's the secret.
1: I think so. Yeah. I think you got to always, like, do whatever, you know. I mean, at least at least while you're, like, figuring out who you are. And I was still figuring out who I was. You know, right. like, now I take a break and I feel okay about it. You know, if I'm not working for a month, I'm like, okay, that, that's okay. I know I have a job or I made enough money on the last job and I'm, I'm going to be okay. But, like, then it was like, no, do every. I wanted to do everything. And yeah. I, so I was doing this other play. And I was in New York, and I and I would have, like, quit if I had to to do a pilot, but I was more interested in, like, maybe getting a pilot in New York. It was pilot right. season, so I see this pilot for New York that's shooting in New York, and I see that the breakdown for Ugly Betty has this role... And, you know, and in, in, in TV, like, you'll see, like, a, a breakdown for, like, Joe, tough as nails cop with the heart of gold. And it goes on for, like, three paragraphs. Right. And every time I read one of those, I'm like, by the end of this paragraph, I will be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at the beginning I might be right.
0: At the end you're wrong. Brown right. hair.
1: Oh, great. And then, like, oh, 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 oh. Right. No, no, right. no. So you, that's usually what I see when I look at breakdowns is I see, like, you know, a low long... You mean you
0: start out like, oh, my God, I'm perfect for this. And yeah. by the end I'm like, oh, he's had. Seven was right. Yeah, has a Haitian accent,
1: or like breathtakingly handsome.
0: Well, Michael, that's Thank you. another uh, conversation. <laughs> that's I know
1: an- what you're gonna <laughs> do. Not fall in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going through the breakdowns, and this is a show called Ugly Betty being cast in New York, shooting in New York, and it, and I'm like, well, I should get on this. Anything I could do, anything on this. And I look through, and there's a role, Mark, bitchy gay assistant. That's all it says. Perfect. It doesn't say six foot six. You know, rock hard abs or black or, you know, something that would like rule me out. I'm like, bitchy gay assistant. Done. Who's casting it?
0: Will Cantler. Shh, you're like, shut up.
1: So I call my agents and I say,
0: I had a crazy dream last night. <laughs> I, had a crazy I dreamt that dream Will last Cantler night. was dream-
1: <laughs> I dreamt that I was running lines with a friend. I wasn't right for her part, but I was right for this. Uh, and I combined all of them into, no, actually, this time I was like, look, this is something you probably isn't even on your radar because I know, I happen to know mm-hmm. that Will Cantler likes me. And I just did this part in this play, and he saw it. Blah blah blah, and their response is, "We don't want you doing co-stars." Meanwhile, I've had one job.
0: I love it. <laughs> one
1: TV job, and it was a series regular, and it didn't get picked up. And now suddenly, I'm passing on. What What are you talking about? It's money. It's It's three It's three days. Oh, of work. Michael
0: Yuri, I'm so sorry. We thought we were. Oh, of course, yes. Let's. Yeah. See. <laughs> I mean, who do they wait, think wait, I am, Michael Imperioli? Yeah, they think I'm. It's like it's like no. I'm. Get, come on, get me this appointment. Yes. This is a job I could this is great. get.
1: And guess what job that is? Mm-hmm. It's Ugly Betty, and right. it's four years of work.
0: The flip side, yeah. regardless of the business part of it, is it introduced America, <laughs> pardon the pun, and I don't mean <laughs> Ferrara right now, <laughs> to you. Yeah. Were you one bit anxious about being introduced? To the world on television, in that kind of character, it sounds like you did not pause for one second. No, it sounds like you were thrilled about it.
1: I was thrilled because I had been out of school for two years, Mm -hmm. and it became very clear very early that I wasn't going to be the romantic lead, that I wasn't going to be the leading man, and that if I was going to play, end up playing straight parts, I would get in for another reason than for being this straight you know, lady killer.
0: Now, I want to ask you about that, because all kidding aside, you're incredibly handsome. I mean, you were a classically trained actor. Yeah. First of all, you won an award while still in school, right, for being like fancy pants, Shakespearean, Jacobian. Yeah. You nailed that. So, (laughs) obviously, there was a gravitas and an ability to approach very intense, deep characters. So, why did you say... Uh, bec- Why you say what you say? Why you say what you say?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I, when I got out of school, I thought I want to be Kevin Klein. Perfect. Which would be great.
0: I feel like I would totally cast you in the Kevin Klein story. Now that you I say could be that. Kevin Klein, right?
1: Yes. I could be like, yeah. I mean, I could so be Phoebe. Phoebe Cates. Oh, I love Phoebe. Cates. <laughs> I love Phoebe oh, Cates
0: too. But I anyway, love
1: that they're a couple. All
0: of it, and they're still together. No,
1: I know. He's one, he's he's one of my absolute favorite actors. I've been in his presence, but we've never met. Was, yeah, but
0: when he hears this. He's going yeah. to be like, I'm going to invite
1: Beeple Mr Beau Uri- <laughs> <Michael>, it's Kevin. <laughs>
0: come over for lunch. Come to the Dakota. Kevin Klein. yes. Uh, you thought you'd be Kevin Klein. fair. That's I, like I didn't fair... think I
1: would be Kevin Klein. I wanted to be Ke- I right. aspired to be Kevin Klein. And then my last year at Juilliard, they they did start to give me some of those great leading man
0: parts, just to go back for a second. When did you actually decide in your life I want to be an actor?
1: I never thought I could act. I never wanted to be an actor. I never thought I could. Act. I never I didn't I wanted to be a director. And I didn't think I want to act. People kept saying, you should act. And I was like, no, I don't, you know, like my friends and my teachers and stuff. And I was like, no, no, no I want to direct. Right. And then I thought, actually, I think I want to be a drama teacher. Because the only, prof- I didn't think I had what it takes to be, uh, I didn't have any idea how one could become a movie director. Right. Still don't. Right. I've even directed a movie. Right. And I have no idea how one can do it. <laughs> okay. Can be that. There are,
0: you could, there are books. There are books. You <laughs> could can, can Google it. I I didn't even Google it. Right.
1: I should have Googled it. Yeah. Um, But so I thought what I do know how to do is be a drama teacher. I watch my drama teacher. I love my drama. I admire them. I respect them. I want to be that. So that was my plan until I was a senior in high school and I'd gotten terrible grades and ter- had a terrible GPA and bombed the SAT and did not get into any of the state schools in Texas where I was thinking I could go and become a drama teacher. I was going to go become a drama teacher and then come back and, like, teach at my old high school and do You'll theater show in them. Dallas. Show
0: them all. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome, actually.
1: And that was my whole—that was my plan. And then I bombed the SAT, didn't get into any of the schools I'd applied to. So I was like, okay, fine. I won't—I'll just go to community college. Around that time, I was doing a speech com- competition doing a, what I thought was a very dramatic poetry reading. Okay. And as I'm Sorry, doing... I don't
0: know why I'm laughing. I'm nervous. <laughs> I feel I... like it ends badly.
1: <laughs> it ends... It, 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 I'm doing this dramatic reading of a poetry. I think it's a very intense, serious poem. Do
0: you remember any of it? No. Okay.
1: But I think that it was just like a sort of, you know, it was a vague musing on something. And I do think it was intended to be serious. The The writing was serious. But for some reason, I played it in a way that made the entire audience laugh en masse at something. And I had no idea why. And in my head, I'm like, why are they laughing? This is really serious. What's going on here? So I keep going. And then suddenly something else makes them laugh en masse. I'm a big group of people, you know, like 30 people in this room, in this this speech competition.
0: And you'd never had this before.
1: And so then I sort of just, I was like, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can tap into that and do that. And like in the middle of this like 5-minute presentation, I turned it into a comedy. And that's when I was like, maybe I want to be an actor. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to this community college and then I'll figure my life out and I'll be in all their plays. Hopefully,
0: you seem so positive. Young Michael was so positive, yeah, he made lemonade out of everything He was really
1: positive. Young Michael was really positive. He was he was really and I talk about itself in the third I didn't have any expectation. I didn't think I had it. I didn't think I had what it takes to be an actor. I thought I had what it i i th- what I wanted to do and what I saw myself being happy doing was something that I saw as attainable. Mm-hmm. And the other things were just like pipe dreams. I didn't right. think it was possible to go to New York and be on Broadway or be in a TV show or direct a movie. I didn't think any right. of that stuff was possible. I had no idea. I had no connections. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything. Right. How on earth would that happen? And I want
0: to know how did it happen. Well,
1: so I decided to go to this community college. I liked the guy who ran it. I had a lot of other friends who were going there and went there. I'd seen shows there. They did really good stuff, progressive stuff. And the crazy thing was, after I'd made that decision, I took the ACT. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? Mm -hmm. It's like the shapes and colors version of the SAT. And I scored. I did great. Interesting. And suddenly I got accepted to all those schools. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But I didn't go. So
0: many life lessons I know, but I didn't
1: go. I'd already decided to go to the community college, and I was perfectly happy with that decision. So I go. And and before school starts, there's a school trip to New York.
0: Oh, that's it.
1: And so I go Is that
0: your first trip to New my York? My first
1: time to New York. <gasps> How I old just were you? graduated high school. I was seventeen.
0: So what were the shows that you saw?
1: Thirteen shows in ten days.
0: Oh my God.
1: Ragtime, View from the Bridge, Titanic. Yes. A, a New Brain. Sideman. Blue Man Group and Art. Oh with, my it was heaven. But so on this New York trip, we also toured Juilliard. And after the Juilliard tour, this teacher, who I didn't even really know yet, because school hadn't started yet, he said, are you going to audition for this place? And I was like, yeah, maybe. Maybe I will. And he I've was seen like,
0: fame. He, I know that fountain.
1: Yeah. And he was, he, was, he was like, no. Are you going to audition?
0: For reals,
1: yeah. He le- and he didn't say that to everybody. He took me aside and That's said the that. Best.
0: Isn't it the best feeling when you're singled oh, out like my that? Gosh.
1: It was the best. <laughs> I
0: want my own life to be like that. And I that. looked
1: around at everybody else and I thought, these people suck.
0: They don't know. <laughs> no, some <laughs> they of those are people are not my people.
1: Some of those people are still very dear friends. Are they? Yeah, many of the people.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: from that trip. Absolutely. Name one. Sean Farara.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> one.
1: So, I auditioned and I got in.
0: One of the things I wanted to ask you about is, you know, we started talking about it a little bit, that suddenly you're thrust into the limelight because mm-hmm. there was this amazing fusion between you and this part.
1: And on everybody. Betty. Yeah.
0: And it happened again when you did Buyer and Seller recently, oh. where there's this part that just felt... Tailor made for you. Mm. Can you thumbnail sketch who Alex? What Alex Moore was Correct. that the name of your Correct. character? Yeah. Um, and in the world of buyer and seller.
1: Okay, so Alex Moore is a struggling actor in Los Angeles who um, is invited to an interview for a job that he doesn't really understand anything about, but quickly learns um, that it's to run uh, the, the the stores. That exist in this um, sort of fake street of shops, that 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 exists in the basement at Barbara Streisand's house. For real, they actually in real life. There is a mall in her basement, and it's a it's. I've seen pictures. It's cute, quaint. Uh, there's a cobblestone floor, and there are doors, and there's signs on the 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 door, and each store has a different you know. Motif. Uh-huh. There's a doll shop, a dress shop, a sweets shop. There's a gift shoppy that has little antiques. Are there Actually, there's this, oh, there's an antique shop. Um, there's a there's a gift wrapping
0: station,
1: and 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 I think in the gift shop
0: in the fake mall. And so in this play that is about Main Street, which is the shopping mall in her home, uh-huh. that you, a fictional character, yes, yeah, so jo- are hired Correct. to to work in. Correct. You are the only employee. Yes, And there are mostly no customers because it's not open to the public. There's one customer. And her name is... Barbara Streisand. Obviously, there was so much buzz. Like, is she going to come? Is she going to see it? Right. Was there ever a night where you convinced yourself that she was in the audience? Like you thought you saw her?
1: I I think there was one time where I kind of thought, she might be here. Huh. She might just be here. You know, but I, I, I... Like, the thing is, like, if if the audience had, had had any idea that she was there...
0: You would have known. I would have known. Of course.
1: And then there was... I do remember now, there was one time where I asked afterwards, I was like, was she here tonight? And they were like, no. But the thing was like, I didn't... It didn't... Like, if she's gonna sneak in... Yeah. Then I gotta do my show. Like, I can't... You know, there was a period of time where someone floated the idea of the that maybe perhaps someday somehow there would be a command performance for her. And that Of course, is crazy. Yeah. But I I could wrap my head around that because I could tailor it. I could tailor the performance to to her and her friends.
0: So do people share tons of Barbara Streisand stories? So many stories.
1: This one is one of my favorites. It's somebody ended up talking to her at a party and for some reason asked their advice about something. This person is a very well respected person. So like you you could see why someone would ask Barbara
0: asked this this person a question. It's an actor, yes. Okay. And
1: and she asked him
0: You can't say who it is. I don't know. Okay. You, can you?
1: It's Frank Langella. Okay. Okay, it's Frank Langella.
0: Perfect. Okay. They
1: were chatting at a party. She glommed onto him, she, was, she really liked him he's magnetic he's a magnetic you know I can understand that especially totally. for her like you know she doesn't want to talk to anybody who who, who. you know he's, he's very confident and yes. you know she wants to be around people like that she doesn't want to be around anybody who's intimidated by her so I can see why they would hit it off
0: I think they would have been a great couple actually sh- yeah
1: absolutely That's probably you know they probably were kind of flirting with each other
0: I like to think they were
1: so she's like they're talking and she's like they want me to do my act in China and he's like oh oh She's like, well, what do you think? Should I go? And it's like, why does? What does he? Why would you ask? Like, like, uh, why would you ask him that? Right. I mean, he was in the process of doing Frost Nixon, so maybe because he was playing Nixon, he he was an expert on China. Made, I don't know. There were those tapes. <laughs> Only Nixon could go to China. I don't know. So she's like, what do you think? I don't know. What do you think? Should I go to my act in China? And he was like, well. You know, in China, they will be very gracious and they will certainly whoop and cheer and applaud and stand up at the end. But they won't scream every time you start a song. You know, you can't just say people and expect them to, like, jump up and down and scream. Is that something you need? And she stopped and she thought for a second and she said, I don't need them there at all. (laughs) (laughs) And that to me is, like, so, like.
0: Let's break that down.
1: To me, that's like says everything about her.
0: Did you start to feel like her?
1: Ryan, my partner, would always say I would sound like her mm-hmm. in life. I would start to sound like you – know, you just sounded like Barbra Streisand or, you know, like – or not really Barbra Streisand, but the the version of Barbra Streisand that I would do in the – In the show. In the show. And one time, the best compliment I ever got, somebody was like – somebody somebody did me doing her back to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so weird that you're doing me doing her. Me. And he was like, nobody does Barbra anymore. Everybody only does Michael doing Barbara.
0: What greater compliment I I was could there like, be?
1: That's, that's the best. That's...
0: Do you want to okay. tell another one? I have another one. Okay, um, so somebody so went, satisfying. Went I could see, hear all day.
1: Went to the theater with Barbara. And at intermission, you know, uh, they whisked her away to the house manager's office, which they do with uber famous people sure. so that no one bothers them. So, so the story is that they whisk Barbara and the people who she's with to this house manager's office. And the lighting is terrible. It's like bad fluorescent lighting. And she's like, "Oh, the lighting in here is awful. Uh, put this lamp on." There was a lamp in the in the room, and the lamp. They pull the lamp, and the, the bulb doesn't work. And she's like, "Well, somebody got a bulb." <laughs> and and they're like, "Okay, uh, okay, yeah, I'll run out and get a bulb. I'll run, run. I'll find one." And so somebody runs off and finds one. She's like, "While we wait, turn the lights out." So they sit
0: in the dark.
1: In the dark, of course, through intermission. And she's like, I don't like the costumes. What do you think about the show? You know, she starts like talking about the show in the, in dark. the dark. And everyone, and the other people are in the dark. They're like, I'm in the dark with Barbara Streisand talking about the play that we're watching. Because. And then intermission's over. Right. Everyone starts to leave. And someone comes back with the bulb. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry we didn't get it here in time. And she's like, aren't you glad you haven't? <laughs> aren't you glad you haven't now? For the future, because the lighting is awful.
0: (laughs) Not just for me. For everybody. For all humankind. One
1: person, one time somebody came to see this play and waited for me afterwards, and they were like, I used to work for Barbara. That happened a few times, people who used to work with Barbara, and they always had nice things to say about her. Nobody was like, I hate her, I hate her, I hate her. I mean, they all were like, you know, they were like, how did you, people would be like, how do you, how did you know? A lot of times people would say that. And of course, I didn't write it, but they, you know, they meant like, how did, how did How did you get this so accurate? Not my impression, but the events of the play and what would happen between them and what she would say, eerily so. So one time this assistant came and she said, when she quit, Barbara said, I'm not sure you're ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. The entire world is fascinated with her. Yeah. Right? Like on every level. Why are gay men especially fascinated by her?
1: I mean, I think... The talent is a huge part of why gay men are fascinated with her, because they love talent. And they also love the, the they love a rule breaker. They love somebody who doesn't who who breaks outside of the norm. You know, like gay men love Judy Garland because she was a mess mm-hmm. and brilliant. Mm-hmm. They love Barbara Streisand because she's a nut and brilliant. She's like, you know, she's a She's powerful. She wields her power. She's strange. She put them all in her basement. From the very beginning, she never fell in line. So that that she's like a misfit and and kind of a freak. They love her for that. But that that she's also brilliantly
0: talented. Unbelievable. So what has it meant to you to be out as an actor? And is that something you considered seriously before being public about who you love? Or was it more fluid? Yeah.
1: Well, when it it was more fluid than I was never like closeted, I never lied, Um, but I withheld for a period of time because there was a period where I was like, am I gonna, you know, am I, is this, is this gay character I'm playing on TV, is it going to define me or will I need to find something different? Will I need to distance myself from it? And if so, maybe a little anonymity would be a good thing when this is all over.
0: Did anyone at work ever talk to you about it when that series was at its height? No. Is anyone – no.
1: No, not at work. Reps did. I had reps who didn't think coming out would be helpful. But then they – when I did, they were fine with it. You know, I was on the other side of Neil Patrick Harris.
0: Like on his right or on his – <laughs> I'm picturing the bed <laughs> and then there's the pillow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then he put his hand on right. my... It was your uh, left. You were on the left. Yes, yes. No, but I was on the... I in was,
0: terms of the year that he came out, is that what you're talking yes, about?
1: Yes, I was after. It wasn't a big deal. And it wasn't like a surprise. It wasn't... You know, nobody was like going to out me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like, it, wasn't, it just wasn't but a thing. But did you
0: put time and thought into it? Like, how um, did it happen?
1: I just said it in an interview. For? At The Advocate. Okay. And I was doing this play, The Temperamentals, about the Madison Society in the 50s long before Stonewall and I was like this is silly how am I going to talk about these plays in the Within I mean me. I mean people wanted me to do press about Ugly Betty and the Temperamentals and I'm not going to talk about being gay and I was in a relationship and it was already with Ryan at that point I was like this is silly so I just did
0: and that was it and was and there a was big it. reaction to it
1: no reaction you're like
0: hello I just announced yeah. that me Michael Yuri yeah.
1: <laughs> nobody cared <laughs> You know who 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 may have cared? Barbara, some young kids somewhere. yes, you know, that's who cared,
0: but doesn't that feel amazing? Isn't well, that the whole point? Oh,
1: yeah. And ugly Betty was, like, you know, that was uh, incredibly incredibly helpful for many people. And I got lots of feedback from people saying how much it helped them mm. to come out on their own. And was for was there their anyone families. like
0: that for you when you were growing up on TV? Anywhere that's sort of like, well, you I have an know... older sister who's
1: gay. And I had friends who were gay, you know, or, you know, like we were, I would do play, I would work on plays with, about gay people. Like it was, I was in theater and, and it was just easy. If I was in Texas and didn't have cool parents or cool friends right. and wasn't in theater, it would have been different. And I think times have changed dramatically. The internet obviously has blown things up. All the characters, the LGBT characters that are everywhere really, really helped. But if you're still in, living in the wrong place... Surrounded by the wrong people, the internet can only do so much. Right. You might still be trapped in your given circumstance where being LGBT is terrible mm-hmm. and no amount of internet surfing can fix that. But for me, it, I had a, it was pretty easy.
0: That's fantastic. I know. I was lucky. I was yeah. really lucky. Yeah. And
1: I still am. And, I, and And in terms of like being out, you know, in show business, I work way more than I would if I wasn't.
0: I just want to say I'm a true fan thank of Michael Eury's. I oh. have seen you on stage and I've seen you on film and I've had the um, great pleasure of getting to be with you today. And you continue to be uh, a true inspiration. And on behalf of <laughs> everyone you. who gets to be in your presence uh, when you're working, please don't stop. It well, makes thank us you. Really thank happy. you for having me. Uh, oh it's God, really fun to pleasure. talk to you. You,
1: you uh, it's it's you're you're very insightful and it's fun to. Be on your show.
0: Well, let's, I mean, we can take a quick break.
1: you want to switch seats? Yes, you can come back and interview <laughs> me.
0: Thank, Thank you, you so much Thank for you. being here. My pleasure. Clouds can make the wind blow Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast, and on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hanger Studios in New York City. This episode was brought to you by Pro Media. Located in Times Square, Pro Media offers both production and post production services out of its beautiful studios in the heart of New York City. Pro Media Sound Vision. Find out more at promedia.nyc.